Well, Ben Taylor, good to catch up with you at uh, nearly the end of what has been a fantastic weekend of racing here at Thruxton, the British Touring Car Championship and the Associated Packages. Did you ever think, with this extraordinary year that we have had so far, that we'd get to this point? Um, I'm not sure what I thought at any <laughs> stage of this year. Um, we're just delighted to have touring cars here. We're delighted to have any racing event here. Mm. Absolutely gutted because the sun's out. It's been a cracking weekend. Um, I just wanted to see 10, 20,000 people on the banks um, enjoying this spectacle as well. But you know what? You've got to be grateful. Um, we've had uh, the whole population's had a difficult year. You know, there's been tragedy and despair everywhere and uh, at the end of the day if we can get uh, if we can get some people having some fun here then uh, let's put it into context it's not the most important thing in the world but it's great that we're able to do it notwithstanding the uh, the issues that coronavirus has brought just on a on business front for for barc and yeah. for here at thruxton juggling those finances managing the staff and looking after the circuit ready for going racing again has been a huge challenge yeah i don't think there's any company or business or individual out there that hasn't found this year a massive challenge um, we are in the business here at the BALC of entertainment events experiences racing and we had none of that and for three months we were we were completely shut down we've managed to open that back up again firstly with um, testing and track days uh, then with a little bit of racing program at a club racing level um, through July then driving experiences and karting came back and then the big race meetings came back in August and uh, you know it's it's gone really well I think it shows how adaptable everybody is um, there's a lot of stuff that we've done that we've changed that we've had to change and we probably won't go back to doing how we used to do it anyway yeah. business models have changed yeah, haven't they, they really have and it was a bit daunting at the beginning of the lockdown when everyone said things have got to change we've got to do things differently well that's really easy to say but what does that actually mean um, and so you just evolve and you start to um, consider how you overcome the thing that's in front of you and just by natural process of evolution you, you end up changing things yeah. and so yeah we'll, we may be in a better shape you know when, when we come out of it I mean don't get me wrong I wouldn't choose to go through this at any, uh, in any way shape or form but there will be things that come out of this that will be better as a result of having to do something differently than the way we've done it for the last 20 years. And you haven't, of course, been complacent during the lockdown period. You've still had to maintain parts of the circuit, but, of course, you've also invested here at Thruxton heavily in some developments, not least of all at Church Corner, the infamous Church Corner. Yeah, well, um, fixed venues don't, um, don't take well to being mothballed. Um, and one of my biggest fears of the industry is that while we've... Uh, I think quite rightly a lot of the attention has been on clubs and on uh, uh, and on businesses that didn't have any income coming in the 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 forgotten people were the fixed venues now that's not very popular because obviously everyone points the finger at Jonathan Palmer and says oh he doesn't need any money and point the finger at Bark and go oh, well, you operate three circuits but you know those venues all need looking after they all need maintaining they've all got a, a reasonably healthy number of staff and we we furloughed four-fifths of the of the entire staff across the BARC um, but the race clubs got their money back, the competitors got their money back, leaving the venues really without, uh, without any kind of income at all for the, well, effectively six months because you go from the start of the year. Um, notwithstanding, things don't stand uh, still. We were planning on doing the work at Church Corner at the end of this year. In fact, our, our season here at Thruxton was meant to stop 
at the end of August so that the diggers and the bulldozers could go in and put whatever it is, a million cubic feet or some land cubic filling. meters. Some, of, some amazing figures, aren't they? Oh, it's extraordinary. <laughs> um, but as soon as the lockdown came, our, our landlord actually said, why don't we do the work now when it's going to be dry? Mm-hmm. We can do it much quicker and we'll have it ready for you by the end of July when you have your first race meeting. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really, really well. I mean, it's a massive, massive engineering project. But luckily, the timing was good. The weather was absolutely in our favour. It got a bit dusty at times. Um, but it looks fantastic now. And it's provided a few interesting moments with the racing this weekend because all the drivers have, have viewed what's there and they're wondering about whether they can take that corner slightly differently. And Has anybody been of, up on it yet? No, I don't think so. Not I, from, I'm not trying from what to, I'm seen. The grass is still looking nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether uh, it's uh, an optical illusion, effectively, as you come down to it because... I don't know whether it puts you off going because you're a bit like the wall in Canada, um, whether it's actually, I don't want to go into that or whether they feel reassured because they don't have that downhill slope coming out of it. Yeah. Or maybe you just find that those, these drivers racing at those kind of speeds aren't even looking left. <laughs> they're looking through the corner and they're going straight up Woodham Hill already, so I don't know. You mentioned the fans, of course, uh, hugely important to motor racing, not least of all because of the financial side of things, uh, but also for the atmosphere, the, for the ambience of a, of a race weekend. And it's probably fair to say that there's been a lot of reports, a lot of chat about the inconsistencies on... Uh, like the British Touring Car Championship, designated an elite sport and therefore no fans, but other some other circuits with club racing and things, they've been able to have fans there. That must be a bit frustrating. Uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't frustrating. Um, we, we've, we've looked carefully at it and I know different operators have done different things. Um, we just make the decisions as best we think we can. Um, trying to stick to both the letter of the law and probably the spirit of the law as well and working hand in hand with our local authority our councils and and everybody else that we need to work with and trying to weigh up exactly what the uh, what the the risk and the reward is or the benefits would be at the same time trying to keep everybody safe because the last thing we want to be done is shut down here as a racing event because we've tried to squeak some people in and uh, yeah it, it's a really difficult conundrum because every pound and every penny is absolutely critical at the moment and in Pembroke for example we haven't been up we're not up and running with race meetings at all yet because the Welsh government won't let more than 30 people be in a in an area of 200 um, uh, 200 acres um, so you know we'd love to have the spectators back we'd love to have people in here but uh, the regulations dictated the BTCC didn't get a crowd, so there you go. Nobody has a crystal ball, uh, so we don't know what's going to happen for the rest of this year, and we certainly don't know what's going to happen next year. Let's hope we're back in a, in a better place. I guess you have to assume the best and plan as much and as well as you can for 2021 as you can. Yeah, it's really difficult trying to do the planning for 21. Um, no one but nobody knows what's going to happen next year. Um, and so there is an element, there is this optimism um, meets pragmatism and somewhere on the side is pessimism as well. So, uh, you know, I think we're del- we'd all be deluded if we thought that 20, we were going to be able to dust off the 2020 plans and say, right, we'll run with that for 2021 because that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, it's going to be tough through the winter. Uh, I think it's going to be uncertain into next year and really it depends what the what happens in the the macro 
um, system really we don't know and we are we're only a little tiny fragment of society an irrelevant fragment in many respects we just go motor racing Um, we've got to play our part in the in the greater scheme of things and and whatever whatever we're able to do we will do but we can't affect what happens in the rest of the country so We have to just sort of suck it up, make the plans, and then be prepared to change them as soon as we need to. BARC, obviously an integral part to motor racing uh, in the UK, not just at the three venues that you have, but in supporting motor racing uh, across uh, across all formulas. Um, I, I wonder whether or not, because of the nature of uh, the unexpected, teams are going to have issues with sponsorship, highly likely, I suspect. And does that mean there's a knock-on effect for motor racing as a whole? Do we do we start to see it becoming a little more modest, maybe? Because it's ex- I, I, an inexpensive sport, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, you need the budget before you can go racing. Uh, and to answer your question directly, if the teams don't get the budgets to go racing, then the BARC and other race club organisers won't uh, need to organise the race meetings. Um, I think motorsport is actually pretty resilient. Um, I, what will be difficult is when uh, people with their budgets try to consider what they do with it for next year. Mm. And I don't mean this end of motorsport, this, this top end professional end of motorsport. I mean really the clubmen, uh, the people who make a decision at the start of the year that they're going to go racing with mm. their spare money. They put their own hand in their own pocket. There's no sponsorship. There's no. There's no media payback or, or anything like that. And that's the, the vast majority of everything that goes on in this sport. And if they're not going racing, the clubs won't take the track time, the venues won't get the bookings, and then all, then everything grinds to a halt. The, the money stops turning. That's the, real, that's the real concern. So I'm not sure there's a huge amount we can do other than trim the costs out of, uh, of the opportunity to go racing. Mm. Uh, make sure that we are providing the best possible package and value for the competitor so that if they do decide that they're going to go racing they'll come and go racing with the BARC at the events that we put on mm. but it's going to be tough out there for everybody it is it's been an extraordinary year and I suspect <laughs> it's not over yet for sure is it we've got a lot of things to come but it's been great racing here this weekend hasn't it classic Thruxton um, a lot of wind but great weather um, and some absolutely amazing racing which of course has been televised yeah it's been brilliant and uh, it, it, it feels worthwhile doing it when you see the TV pictures that are going out um, the other events that we've had behind closed doors have been a bit strange because it's basically just people doing it for fun um, it's nice that uh, that we're back up and running with a big high-profile event like this. So mm. it's great. And just finally, Ben, how difficult has it been, and might it be in the future, to keep the team that you've got at BARC motivated? Because it's easy for heads to go down, isn't it? An event like this, heads get picked up, but then perhaps reality sinks in and we don't know what's around the corner. Is it is it difficult for you in your role to keep that team motivated? No, to be honest, it's not. Uh, the team here predate me by many decades, most of them. Um, but they're also a fantastic team. Uh, they don't need any motivation from me to do a fantastic job. In fact, um, Dan Mayo has just told me that uh, he thinks that so far of all the venues they've been to, we are the we are the best in terms of our response to COVID and in terms of the, the communications and all the protocols and the processes that we've changed. That's really nice to hear because the team have worked tirelessly to get this place up and running, as they have done in our other two venues as well. Um, so they don't need any motivation 
but it's difficult when you don't know what's coming next. Um, but they rise to the occasion. They always rise to the occasion. Um, and quite apart from anything else, now touring cars are out of the way, they might actually get to have a bit of a relaxation. So uh, maybe a couple of quieter weeks, and I don't think they'll be, they'll be, they won't be too bad. Fantastic. Ben, it's been great to catch up with you. It's been a lovely weekend here at uh, Thruxton. Some fantastic racing and uh, great to go racing again. So for now, Ben Taylor, many thanks. Thanks, Steve.